Hello everyone, welcome to the Marketing Society podcast. I am your host today, Corey Newfield, Head of Membership at the Society. Uh, and today I'm joined by two brilliant leaders, uh, Matt from uh, Just Eat and Bogdan from McKinsey, um, who today will be having a conversation on how e-commerce dynamics have played uh, a role, uh, an important role in Just Eat's marketing. So without further ado, um, I'd like to hand over to Matt and Bogdan. Thank you, Corey. Matt, very nice to speak to you. Thank you so much for taking the time. With, with no further debate or ado, it's been a crazy world out there. Um, the world has been boiling for the last two years, and uh, you could say it's been a boiling pot if I were to make a pun uh, around Just Eat and the role that you play in the whole uh, grand scheme of things. Really, really keen to start there. And how have the very dynamic shifts in demand uh, the workforce availability and the changes in customer behavior affected Just Eat. How have you coped with the tough parts? How have you coped with the good parts? And how 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 was it to be uh, Just Eat while the world has been boiling? Well, firstly, thank you for inviting me on, and um, I'm looking forward to sort of chatting to you about what's been, as you say, a fairly, I guess crazy roller coaster however one wants to describe it but but a huge amount has gone on a huge amount has changed i think what we found over the course of the last goodness knows how long it is nearly two and a half years um has been that there's been a huge acceleration and a huge acceleration not just of growth but also of adoption within our sector and it wasn't always clear that that was going to be the case i think i think when we first went into covid what we saw was basically a shutdown of large parts of the hospitality sector and even early, well, right at the start, we also saw a significant softening of customer demand. So very early on, what we were seeing was restaurants closing and I think people generally feeling unsure about the world around them. And as a consequence, well, you remember it was when everybody was buying pasta and toilet rolls. And generally, it looks like they were eating quite a lot of that pasta because our, our demand started to, to taper off. But pretty, pretty quickly after that, what we saw was a return of that demand, but not necessarily a return of the supply. So we started to see this this significant growth in um, in demand, but at one point or another with at least half of our supply offline. And really what that meant was that marketing had a very different job to do in that first uh, first part of the pandemic, which was partly around supporting our restaurant partners and our couriers and helping them to understand what was going on. If you remember the 5 p.m. briefings that we all look forward to so much during that particular period of time. And our job was trying to make sense of it all, which which I think when we look back on it, we didn't really know what was going on. So it was it, our challenge was, first of all, trying to work out what that looked like and then trying to um, uh, trying to help our partners with that. Um, but pretty, quick, pretty quickly, we got into a place where we were actually looking at how we supported our broader communities and how we helped as I say, our restaurants, and we did a sort of large, we invested about 10 million in a big restaurant support package, but also how do we then think about our community and the people who live around the UK who were at the forefront of things. So we we did various charitable um, initiatives with frontline workers, and we did some um, work around children in need. We uh, we looked at ways in which we could, we could play our role within our communities. And as market leader, I think it was really important that we were able to do that. Uh, but stuffs and the market started to stabilize we saw restaurants coming back online after a period of time and then we sort of saw an opportunity really for 
for us to lean into what felt like a, a new dynamic. There was a huge amount of adoption happening. People, again, were, were finding that food was one of the really important parts of their lives. It's one of those few stable areas and one of those few treats that, that was there. And that treat could be as simple as just getting a bit of breakfast on a Tuesday morning when Tuesday was looking a bit bleak um, or whether it was getting together as a family on a Friday night and and having a meal. I think it was, it became that sort of little moment of joy. And I think that sort of became central to our brand and central to what we wanted to be about, which was delivering those moments of joy. And, and really we did that. We launched our campaign with Snoop in, I think it was May of 2020 and we were thinking really around how do we continue to play a role where as a brand we've got the advantage we don't have to take ourselves too seriously we've got this right and ability to to engage with customers and we 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 lent into that and and sort of tried to do that and tried to in a small way deliver a, a little bit of joy into what was sometimes reasonably difficult circumstances and one of the things that kind of emerged which I th- which we thought was interesting was just these different patterns of behavior people started eating dinner earlier because they had no commute. So we sort of saw almost 45 minutes to an hour earlier dinner peaks. We saw breakfast increase by 300% year on year. We saw um, a similar pattern with lunch as well as as we all got used to a world whereby we were working from home a lot more or indeed whereby in certain when it was, we were in the height of lockdown where we, we couldn't go out at all. So I think we, we saw that come through, but what we have seen has been I think that continue on and we've and behaviors have now reinforced and behaviors have become more concrete and and I think that the the opportunities there are around how do we service that and how do we live with the fact and deliver against the fact that people's expectations have gone up so much I think generally consumers have now been exposed to a world where things are delivered quickly things are delivered pretty much get anything delivered whenever you want wherever you want and we've had to kind of build around those expectations. That's been a challenge, but it's been, I think, an exciting one that we've, I guess, engaged with. And I think one of the things that we've found has been, we talked about our communities of customers and restaurants and and couriers, but actually the people within our business as well have had to be really creative and really re- resilient in the way in which they've, they've worked and the way in which they've come at these challenges and, and had to really solve for a problem that nobody really knew the answer to. I remember somebody right at the start saying to me, what what did you do last time this happened? And now for the benefit of those who who can't see any pictures here, I have got quite gray hair, but I wasn't alive for the um, Spanish flu. So we didn't really have any precedent to any of this. So we had to solve problems on the fly. And that was it was exciting, but it was also challenging and it needed to, we needed to work together as teams to make sure we found those solutions. Fantastic, fantastic. Such a powerful opening, Matt. And uh, for, for those of you who indeed don't have video on, I can, uh, I can testify for some of Matt's uh, gray hair uh, <laughs> out there. I, I wouldn't be able to, to, uh, to do the count versus pre, pre-pandemic. So that leads me actually to, to my next thought, um, as in, in my job with McKinsey, speaking to so many different companies and industries, all of them having seen such a, a wide array of opportunities and issues across the last two years that they had to cope with or grasp. When you start discussing with people such as yourself, Matt, about how that felt like being in the trenches, 
you quickly understand how exciting it was, but what level of uh, stretch that must have been for organizations. So really uh, impressive story and being really properly in the trenches as you have been both from a community standpoint, but also from a customer service angle, just uh, an amazing performance. And I'm sure this is uh, leaving behind more than white hair, uh, but, but somewhere in the space of stronger capabilities as well. So with that in mind, what are some of the capabilities and some of the lessons learned uh, that, that your marketing team still benefits from today uh, if you look two years ago? And what are some of the most valuable changes that, that have left a mark on your team? I, th- I think the, probably the biggest thing we, we took from, from that time was A, the, to challenge what you're doing and to really get under the skin of why you're doing it and is it the right thing to do is it's it's no good that it's just been the thing you've always done it needs to be something that is genuinely serving a purpose and and i think that became really really important to us was understanding well what is our approach what's our strategy how do we make sure that that's really easy to understand and really um communicable and then how do we make sure that we really are ruthless in the way in which we stick to that and make sure that there's everything we do is delivering against that plan. And I think it it created a really strong discipline in doing that because you got to a point where you just had to make decisions and you had to push ahead and you had to do things. And you, going back to my previous point, you didn't really really have a huge amount of precedent for whether that was the right thing or the wrong thing to do, but you just had to be clear that your plan was a good one and that you were going to stick to it and everything you were doing was, was building and laddering up to that. So... I think that was that was a really important thing and something, uh, I guess, a learning that we've taken forward from that point. I think the other was was really the trust and the importance that we placed in, I guess, the autonomy of the team and people. We we'd never done this before. We'd never taken people working away from an office environment over a long period of time, and there were lots of preconceptions, not, not particularly in our business, but generally, and I think some of them frankly, still exists to a certain extent if you read some newspapers. But the idea that people working from home aren't really working. And one of the things that I think we found was that if you gave people the right direction, but trusted them, gave them the autonomy to deliver, but but made sure that I think they were clear in what it was that they were doing, actually, you got brilliant work from people. People worked and adapted to their environment really, really quickly. I think we found that actually we delivered some of our very best work at that time. We we did everything from delivering big brand campaigns. We did our big first couple of big charity campaigns. We sponsored Love Island and delivered a Love Island campaign in the middle of a time you couldn't travel abroad. There were big moments for us as a marketing team, which we delivered when we weren't in the same room as each other. And I think that we should be taking the very, very best from that. That, that's good to hear. Um, and indeed, I think we all uh, start seeing less and less of uh, people sitting in isolated corner of offices on Zoom with, uh, with their, their colleagues. So uh, certainly some, some good things left behind. It's interesting, Matt, you're, you're, you've mentioned a few times the partnerships, the community building efforts that Just Eat and your team have been um, spearheading. Community is, is a topic that we hear more and more, right, in, in the marketing space. And more and more companies are 
getting uh, to a place where they start seeing the role of community building in their own way, each in their own way, for the business and sometimes for bringing to life the purpose of the business. What is the role uh, of the community for for you and for Just Eat? What is your approach and what is your view on, on building and leveraging communities? Well, I think the, the fascinating thing for Just Eat is that whilst we're a global business, we're in 22 different markets, um, with market leads in the majority of those, we've got tens of thousands of staff and and at sort of scale across across the globe. Actually, we are a very, very local business. We're a business whereby your interactions with us are defined by your local community. So the restaurants around you and your interaction with those restaurants. So I guess we we look at community in a couple of different ways. So firstly, it's it's how do we play a proactive role within those physical local communities? So how do we make sure that we are supporting those restaurants? So without our restaurants being successful, we won't be successful. And we know how important it is for us to be able to support them. So we've we've worked really closely. We set up the British Takeaway campaign and we we basically try to represent restaurants and small businesses that they are across a whole number of different issues. So whether it be uh, immigration, whether it be taxation, whether it be understanding the government's sort of upcoming or pending legislation around food, and actually now really pertinently, how do we help them manage and engage around the cost of living crisis, which is whilst we're seeing customers have less money in their pocket because costs are going up, costs are going up exponentially for restaurants. So in all of those, how do we make sure that we play a proactive part in being a proper partner to them and helping them to to thrive? Because that's critical to them and it's critical to, to our future as a business as well. I think from the perspective of our wider sort of communities, part of what we've also wanted to do is to play our role in terms of how, I guess, people people are able to to thrive within those communities. So we've, we've looked a lot at, at sort of food poverty and around um, homelessness and how we engage with charities, like Food Cycle and Social Bite. We did big Christmas meal appeals the last couple of years to, again, really play a, a proactive part in, in those communities. So... I think that support network and being at the centre of that as a, as a business has been really important for us. But actually the other part of community that we look at is from more of a, with more of a marketing lens on, I guess, or more of a communications lens on how do we think about the communities that our customers and our consumers play a role in. And, and those often sit in reasonably diverse areas, but they're areas that we've wanted to get involved in. So around football, around entertainment, around gaming. There's sort of, those pillars have been areas whereby people have really come together and there's been big conversations. And we were really lucky over the course of last summer to uh, to be partners with Love Island, to be part of Euro 2020 as well. And it meant that we were at the centre of, of these big national conversations, which was brilliant. And we had our opportunity to to really play a proactive part in that. And, and we did lots around sort of building sort of areas where people could sort of really see interesting content, really see content that was almost money can't buy, sort of unique, unique moments that, that helped to enrich their experience. But we also gave them the chance just to um, just to sort of bring our partners to the forefront of that as well and to, and to get offers and to make sure that actually we were adding value to our customers' lives all the way through these moments because they were things that they genuinely care about. They were part of that conversation every morning and it was really key that we could do that. And we continue to do that all the way through this year as well. 
we've got uh, Taste London coming up um, over the course of the of this week, which is a great opportunity for people to just get together around food. And we're bringing in some of our uh, independent partners who wouldn't normally be at Taste of London to really give them a platform to help them to, to thrive and to flourish within that environment as well. So we've kind of come at community from a couple of different angles, but it is absolutely central to what makes Just Eat the business it is today. This is fantastic, Matt. And uh, I do think there are not many um, themes out there uh, that are gathering more people, more passion, and more families around than food. Uh, and that, that's been a fact for millennia. Um, but it's, it's so true today. Uh, and it's so true in digital ways. And you're bringing that to life day in, day out. It's really impressive, uh, the level of effort and the passion that you and the team are showing for this. Actually, in a in a related vein to that, but in a in a slightly more marketing society member curiosity way, what what does the dashboard of Matt Bashby look like? How do you what do you wake up looking at? Uh, what does your team track against? What are your KPIs? How do you look at the business? So, from I think from a Just Eat marketing point of view, we see ourselves as being quite a commercial marketing team, and I think. What's important for us, and I think in answer to your question, what well, the first thing I look at when I get up in the morning is is our orders as a business and understanding how we're trading our business, uh, how that looks year on year, how that looks versus our forecasts, how that then looks regionally as well. So understanding how that works across the various different towns and cities around the country. And actually, our team plays quite a proactive role within that trading environment. So we run the weekly trading meetings. We're at the forefront of of both communicating that trading performance as well as influencing that trading performance. And the key for our team is to understand actually how do we influence the performance and the success of the business. And it's understanding that all the way through that marketing funnel that's that's key for us. So making sure that we see in that um, ongoing brand tracker how we're performing from a top of mind awareness point of view, how we're seeing consideration and preference move, how that compares to our competitors. And how we're seeing that trend over time is, is, is really, really important. But then seeing the, the sort of the wider picture and understanding how we are able to drive those incremental commercial revenue and order moments is really, really critical. So all the way through to our channel level, but our broader wrap up from a multi-touch attribution point of view is really critical. I think one of the things I'd say is that that there is no single source of truth. I think marketing measurement is about a set of clues and how you assemble those clues together to give you the the right answer. But we try to make sure those clues are robust and relevant to the channels and to the activity that they're associated. So I think one of the things that, that's critical from a Just Eat point of view is we're in this kind of cost to serve model. And what does that mean? Well, it means that we constantly have to go back and win a customer. It's not like a subscription model where you get a customer in once and then you hope they stay or you work to make sure they stay. We've always got to be there. We've always got to be top of mind. We've always got to be relevant to that moment that the customer finds themselves in. So it's really important for us that we look, look not just at lifetime value, but we actually look at lifetime return and we understand what we're doing and how we're investing our money to make sure that we can really optimize that and get to a point whereby we are driving the most efficient mix that we possibly can, driving the, the best commercial returns that we can as well. Fantastic. Uh, really good to hear the, the story of the 
performance marketing and commercial orientation that the team has. Uh, I'm sure our colleagues in the marketing society will appreciate as much as I do. And it's just, you know, coming from one of the uh, leading performance marketing organizations uh, in in this market and globally, it's, uh, uh, it's worth a lot to hear how you're running it. Um, actually, very much related to that, your your team is is has been handling a lot and i'm sure you've been growing a lot and you rely a lot on marketing talent to run this business which is so much a win every order type business as you describe it um what, what is your secret sauce um what what is your marketing employer proposition why do people join uh, and stay at just eat uh, how are you different and uh, how should how should the world think about you as a marketing organization? Well, I think we're very lucky as a marketing organization in that we get to work with some of the most exciting platforms out there. So we're working with UEFA on Champions League and on the Euros. And we've got the Women's Euros coming up this year, which is going to be incredible. And we get to work um, with some of the big broadcasters. So we love Ireland and we get to work, as I talked about earlier on, with some great moments around the calendar like Taste of London and others. So there's there's always opportunities for people to get involved in these incredible marketing projects and platforms. But I think that's almost secondary to the culture that we want to engender within the team and to make sure that we've got people who, and I touched on this earlier on, feel as though they have the ability to make a real difference. And I think that's critical. The, the fact that I, I think and I hope everybody in the team feels as though they can truly influence the direction and also the success of the team is absolutely key. And I think that comes back to giving autonomy and control. I think it comes back to the trust we talked about, which is key across the board, not just in that sort of emerging hybrid working environment, but being able to do that and being able to give people the opportunity to focus on the things that will really make an impact, I think hopefully delivers an environment whereby people feel empowered and one whereby they feel empowered to work across some of these really big platforms and they feel as though their work is is truly making a difference to the commercial success of the business. Excellent. That is uh, inspirational to hear and not surprised uh, to hear how well it works for you. Well, closing, Matt, maybe one one last question around what what do you expect looking forward? What do you expect to be maybe your top opportunity uh, to go after, but also maybe the main risk that you're gearing up for uh, as the world keeps changing and there's no five minutes that looks like the previous five minutes in this world. I think the, the, the world continues to look different and the challenges don't stop coming. And I think we're, we're just coming, I think, out of a, a sort of a COVID world, although we, we don't know going into, into next winter what that will look like. Um, but what we're definitely seeing is that emerging theme is that there is is less money in our pockets, and there are, and that's definitely true for us as consumers, but it's also true for our restaurant partners as well. We're all facing higher costs, and we're all facing some of the the challenges that come with that. And I think part of our role as as that really ramps up, as I think it probably will do over the next couple of months, is how we offer genuine value to customers, and that's not value in discounts or or giving away coupons it's it's about actually how do we give you a sense that you're winning with just eat how do we make sure that you've got that 
real sense of value, whether it be in giving you products that you wouldn't have otherwise managed to get hold of, whether it's in um, offering really clear, transparent and great value delivery pricing. Any of those things really give us the, the opportunity, I think, to to succeed in what is going to be a difficult environment for everybody. I think the big thing that that I I say to the team and the, the big thing with everything that's going on um, from a macro point of view is just really to focus in on the things that you can impact. What are the, Where are you going to be able to make a difference and how do you filter out the stuff that you just can't you can't change and if you can get um into that mindset you get into the mindset of, Look, I'll, I'll do the things that i can do really really well and i'll make the impacts that i can make and i'll be brilliant in what i do well then nine times out of ten you're going to be successful and i think that's really key and that focus is really really important to make sure that actually let's do what we can to make sure that our customers experiences are brilliant let's make sure we do what we can to make sure that our restaurants are successful on the platform that our couriers um, have a great experience with Just Eat as well. If we can get that right and we can make sure we focus in on delivering those things, then we will be successful. And if we can do that in an environment whereby our teams feel engaged and excited about the challenge that's to come, then I think we've got a really successful future to look forward to. And that's, I think, where our all our focus is going to be over the course of the next 12 months. Amazing. Really inspirational to hear, Matt. And... Uh... I guess a lesson that uh, is out there to be uh, learned by more and more businesses around focusing on the success of the entire set of stakeholders around them, uh, which will make them successful ultimately, uh, certainly plays out for you. Uh, and certainly I can hear the energy through your voice um, and, well, uh, see the success of the business with the riders that are buzzing around my office uh, every 45 seconds, if I'm counting it right. Really appreciate your time today and uh, I, I look forward to uh, meeting you in person very soon. No, I've, re I've, I've really enjoyed it. Thanks, Bogdan. I think it's, yeah, it, it's, it sort of gives you a chance to actually look back at it and, um, and sort of reflect a bit, which you don't always get the chance to do, do you? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Thank you so, so much for taking the time. It's, I think, a great initiative that the Marketing Society uh, drives uh, to keep people engaged and to give us all a bit of you know something else to keep our brains occupied rather than the next email. No, I agree completely. And yeah, thank you to the guys at the Marketing Society for inviting me and for giving us this platform. So it's, it's great to, like I say, reflect a little bit on what's going on. And, and I know certainly a lot of the content that the guys have got up there, I'm learning a lot from as well. So yeah, thank you all around. And a final thank you from me to both Matt and Bogdan for a, a truly fascinating conversation. And once again, thank you to our listeners as well for, for tuning in. I hope to, to welcome you back again on our next podcast. So thank you.